0: Today we're going to be talking about seven financial steps you should do now if you are retired or nearing retirement. Larry, why did you pick this topic for today?
1: Well, because the world is different now, Eric, at least currently. Hi, everyone out there. It's been a little while since we've done our last podcast. Mm -hmm. I hope everyone is uh, safe and healthy and, uh, here in New York and especially in Long Island where I am, things are now just starting to open up very slowly. You know, different parts of the country have had different experiences here, but it's been a very interesting time for us, New Yorkers and long Islanders and New York city, uh, residents. So uh, so still be safe out there as we start to get to enjoy uh, life yes. back a little bit more. So I thought it's a kind of a long answer to your question, Eric, but I, I thought now, would be a great time that people are still maybe home and those that are closing in on retirement or are already retired and have seen what has happened to some of their investments, but also some of their other type of life situations, it's a good time to uh, to step back and to reevaluate. So I thought I would discuss some of the the seven financial steps that uh, you should do now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Larry sent me some notes for all you listening to this. Larry sent me notes ahead of time that we would be able to discuss. And I will tell you this, these seven financial steps, they are robust. And Larry even joked before the podcast started that we could probably do a podcast on each one of these topics. And what I will say is, as you're listening to this, take a couple notes. If there's things that you have questions about, or you want to hear more about, by all means, please email Larry and his team Uh, he'll give that contact information at the end of the show here, but please email him and say, Hey, look, I'd love to have you do a podcast on this specifically so I could hear more about it. And also just obviously pop your questions into that email too. And he'd be happy to respond to that, but we could definitely do some serious podcasts with this list here, Larry. So where do we start today? What's number
1: one? Uh, Absolutely. So number one is is really reviewing your expenses. You know, the one thing interesting about this time is most of us have been, you know, stuck at home, Um, you know, except for some of those first responders or similar type of jobs out there that uh, have to go to work. They've been stuck at home, Mm -hmm. not going out, not spending as much money. So some of your expenses may actually be down. Uh, except for some of those online purchases that I've been making and I'm sure other people have too. Mm-hmm. But th- so the first thing is really start to look at your expenses now. And then after this, maybe now you're reevaluating what you're going to be doing in retirement and how that's going to affect that. We know travel is going to change where you're going to live may change. How are you gonna spend your days? What restaurants you're gonna go to? So it's a great time to kind of look at your expenses and kind of look ahead and see, hey, are 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 they gonna change? Are they gonna be higher? Are they gonna be lower? Uh, And really getting a good handle on what your expenses are gonna be going forward. Cause that's really the first step in any type of good financial plan and retirement plan is knowing what your expenses are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, part of the first step is once you know what your expenses are, looking at your your income, some of your 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 cash flow that you're going to get your if you're lucky enough to have a pension or if you're on Social Security and kind of looking at that and then determining what your net expense that you're going to have to withdraw from your investments. I can't tell you that how many people come to us and we start asking these questions and they're like, well, I don't know what my expenses are going to be. So therefore I don't know how much money I'm going to take from my portfolio. Well, how do you set up a investment strategy if you don't know that It Mm -hmm. it is such a critical, it is such a critical number to try to figure out not only how to set up an investment strategy, but how do you make sure that you won't run out of money? So the first step is, is a good time to review your expenses, review your income, and take a look at them.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what the studies will show from this time for people that are already retired and had a certain budget and you know how much money do they spend on a monthly basis pre-COVID compared to during COVID. And then the same thing with people who were fortunate enough to still have jobs maybe working from home. How much were you spending per month before COVID? How much are you spending during? And, and a lot of us are going to realize that, wow, we wasted a lot of money. I mean, it's not going out to eat isn't wasting money necessarily, but, you know, the art of home cooking has probably come back a bit, right, <laughs> for being stuck at home. And, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what people have found out about their own just behaviors in spending and, and what they can do and what they truly want to do for the future.
1: Forget about coming back. How about for those like myself who have never really cooked and now I'm actually into it and trying to do <laughs> nice. some some things? So, uh, so the world is the world has changed, and also uh, you know a lot of people, good and bad, have, have had their adult children come back to the to the house and have had mm-hmm. more people in the house. And you know, how is that affecting things going going forward and the expenses? And some of your goals have changed. Again, I know personally, and some of the things that I'm planning on doing, you just can't do. So, how is that going? How is that going to impact you? Mm-hmm. Um, or the the other thing is, if you're nearing retirement, unfortunately, have had to take a pay cut, or been let go, um, or you've had a child who is out of work, and you may have to help. All those things now are things that maybe you didn't, you weren't thinking about. You were thinking yeah. about a retirement based upon your current income and your current savings, and that may not happen. So now you need to make some adjustments. So all those type things, if, you know, and like Eric mentioned before, if, you know, if somebody has questions or wants to see a further podcast about this, or wants to talk to one of our team members, you know, I'll give you out the numbers later, but just to, just to get a second opinion on that. It's, it, it's, a, it's a very trying time, and a lot of people are going through a lot of different situations, so it's a great time to kind of, to kind of reassess, reassess everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you, you kind of already hinted to it, but that second step is knowing what your withdrawal rate is, right? And, and maybe adjusting that up or down. I know there's a lot of rules of thumb out there, Larry. I don't know if I buy into any of them. What, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, you know, I, I, always was in the four to 5% rule of thumb, 5%, 4% earlier on 5% later on, based mm-hmm. upon what your investment mix was and what the interest rates that you're able to get out there. So again, these are only guidelines. A lot of people take them because of the guidance study and they kind of live by them, but they're only guidelines. Uh, there's so many different factors that you have to take into account. Just like I said, the investment returns, I mean a 10 year treasury right now, we'll talk a little bit more about asset allocation in a little bit, but a 10 year treasury is less than 1% out there. I mean, we'll have a future podcast or video and talking about what you do with lower interest rates right now, because it's a big challenge, uh, out there. Uh, where do you get some higher rates of return? Therefore, if you're going to have lower rates of return, what is your withdrawal going to be? We haven't lived through a rising interest rate environment in 30 years. So mm-hmm. in a rising interest rate environment, things are going to change. So, so. There's other factors too. There are all these life factors. What's your life expectancy? What maybe your medical expenses are gonna be? You know, I look at retirement sometimes and I talk about your second act and your different phases, you know, phase one or phase two and your later years. Uh, What are your housing costs gonna be? Are you gonna stay where you are? We know a lot of people here and now are, are leaving New York City and going elsewhere, so will your housing costs go down or will they go up because you wanna you're gonna stay at home more and you want a bigger place. So all these have to come into factor here and determine what your withdrawal rate is going to be and whether you're gonna be able to exceed the withdrawal rate. Maybe the future is not going to be four percent. Maybe it's gonna be three mm-hmm. percent. But knowing what your withdrawal rate is and then figuring out how you can map a investment strategy to make sure that you get your withdrawal rate over your lifetime so you don't run out of money is critical yeah so knowing what that withdrawal rate is you know if somebody comes in and they are withdrawing 10 percent of their portfolio well that they may be in in trouble but we also see a lot of clients when they come in and their withdrawal rate is lower and that's kind of interesting eric because you would think that most people withdrawal rate would be higher than what they should be, but Mm -hmm. we find it has been pre-COVID lower and that they could spend more money going forward. And that's a huge benefit, but going through the financial planning process and finding out, hey, I can enjoy life a little bit more by knowing that I'm not above that withdrawal rate, the historical withdrawal rate that I can go with. So knowing the withdrawal rate is a key factor. We can help with that. So it is a great thing to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's we've talked about this on previous podcasts before, is that you help people alleviate that fear, right? You alleviate the fear because a lot of people are spending less or drawing down less uh, because of the fact they're afraid of running out of money. And you're able to kind of show them, well, with this plan here, you know, this is what you can spend. And yes, you can enjoy life a bit more, or you can bless your g- kids and grandkids a bit more through this process because you have that flexibility. And alleviating that fear is, I think, one of the best things that you do for your clients. I don't want to instill some fear. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later in this podcast. But one other thing, as you were going through those life factors with, when it comes to the withdrawal rate, I think a lot of people need to be very cognizant and thinking ahead of what taxation is going to look like in the next five to 10 years. Because that is going to change with with all the stimulus that came into the economy because of covid I think we're up to, what, $3 trillion or something like that because of small businesses and and, uh, individual stimulus checks and things going out. They're going to want that money back, right? So we know that taxes are going to change in the future, and so that's another consideration for sure, especially in retirement. Um, But, again, I don't want to spoil anything. I know we're going to talk about taxes a little bit later on. What would be the next step? We're
1: going to have to repay all that money, Eric? I didn't well, know that. Well, you know, not me
0: personally. I'm, you know, if they want me to write a check, they can I'll certainly write the check, Larry, but they better not cash it yet because <laughs> that may be a cheaper right. way to get to the moon. That check will bounce so high. Uh, it be the cheapest way we can get to the moon again. Oh, man. Right.
1: That, that's a whole other problem. It is kicking the can down the road on that yeah. issue. So we'll, we'll address that going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So what would our third financial step be? So the third, so I mentioned it a little bit before. So now what do you do about lower interest rates? So I think one of the questions that I get now with the stock market, you know, recovered a little bit from our lows. Oh, Larry, I want to get, I want to move some of the money into something that's safer. Mm -hmm. but I want to get a good interest rate from that. And I said, or I want to have, they want to have no risk. And I say, well, just told you a 10-year treasury is less than one. There are some online savings banks, which I'll talk about right now, that are yielding 1.6, six. doo I mean, you're making a a whole 1.6 on your money. If your withdrawal rate is 4% and there's a 2% inflation, wow, your your value of your money is going down by 5%. So you wanna have some money obviously in safe vehicles, for a lot of different reasons, we'll talk about that in a bucket strategy a, l- a little bit later. But what do you do about low interest rates? So there's a few things that w- that you can do about low interest rates, and one of it is really looking at your ca- looking at your cash. And you know, banks are paying almost nothing right now for cash. So the money that you have for emergency purposes for our clients, when we have we we rec- recommend three years of of cash as far as their expenses are. We've come up with a one solution, but you can kind of do this on your own is what we're calling Max My Interest. We're just rolling out this program. It's, It's a very interesting little process, which allows you to link your checking account with the top online savings banks and each month automatically have them moved from the highest yielding account to the next highest yielding account, all FDIC insured. Hmm. So it's an interesting factor. Uh, again, if anyone wants more about this, they can either email me or, or, or call me. But for those out there, you should be looking at your cash and seeing if you can earn a little bit higher rates of return on your cash. So yeah. that's one, fa- one factor in the, in the interest rates. Two are bonds. So bonds are still one of the most, the hardest thing for a lot of people to understand. I can't tell you how many people come call call me up and say, you know, my, my, my grandmother's making 5% on her bonds or my brother-in-law just told me, oh, he bought a bond that he's making 5%. And by the way, it's 5% tax free, Larry. Can you get me 5% mm. tax free? And I try to explain to them, they're not getting 5%. That's the cash yield you're getting that you have to pay a premium on that. And we've had a podcast just talking about this on the bonds. Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna go into it. You can always go to our website and look up a podcast that we talked about on these bonds. But you have to be careful not to stretch for yield. Uh, Look at the credit risk, look at your duration risk, which is the long term of the bonds, because those values will go down if interest rates go back and looking at whether you should be in taxable versus muni right now, some of the muni bonds are paying higher than some of the taxable bonds. Very Mm. interesting phenomenon. So really looking and understanding the bond part of your portfolio, the safer part of your portfolio compared to equities and how do you earn the highest rates of return within the risk that you're comfortable with. So very critical to look at all that. Look at your bonds, people that have muni bonds. Now you were talking about what's going to happen down the road. What are, what are some of these municipalities going to do? And a lot of their revenue is not going to be yes. there and they've had to expend so much on expenses. Will those bonds default? So, what is the risk of those bonds? The fall thing. So, know your risk. Know your duration. Know what your your total return is going to be, not just your yield. Um, and one of the other things that you know we we're looking at is equities do have dividends. And they do have some interest rates on that, but there are obviously there are the stock market risks on that. Yeah. So looking at lower interest rates now, and are they gonna stay low? Are they gonna go even lower? I'm not even gonna address the fact that there are many countries out there that have negative interest rates. Yeah. Yes, Eric, I actually said I- that. <laughs> Negative interest rates. You <laughs> put money in the bank and you lose money. So is oh, yeah. that gonna come is that gonna come here to the US? Who knows? So looking at this and looking at all your interest rates and looking at your bonds and looking at your cash and staying on top of them, one of the key of my five of my seven financial steps you should be doing now.
0: Yeah, I, I think when it comes to the day that A financial advisor gets on and says, you know what, it's better just to go ahead and put your money under the mattress. (laughs) That's when I... Move to an island someplace. <laughs> Just, I'll make my own island, whatever. Uh, but yeah, negative interest rates—I have not heard of that, Larry. That's crazy. That's that's no good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's no good. But there, there are reasons why, if you live in these countries, that you need to be doing that. So yeah, seriously, but, but that's a whole separate. That's a whole separate topic.
0: My goodness, yeah. All right, I, I know that talking about the equities, talking about cash, talking about bonds uh, leads right into another uh, tip that you have, which is asset allocation.
1: Yeah, so so again, you know, what is the correct amount in cash and bonds and equities? And you know, the three factors that go into play here is what is your time horizon, what is your risk tolerance, what I or or your sleep factor, Mm -hmm. and what is the withdrawal we talked about? You know, just to address this time horizon. Even if you are retired now, people are living longer, Mm -hmm. so even if you are you retired and you're sixty five and you or your spouse is going to live to 90 you know so that's another 25 years you have to prepare for you can't just have all your money sitting in cash earning 1.6 percent or less yeah. so you, you, you need to know what your timer is and your risk tolerance your withdrawal rate speaking of risk tolerance so we have a great 25 question survey that you can do to really determine the risk tolerance. And we're going to try to get that up on the website in the next few weeks because I've seen a lot of other advisors and they use programs and they have these five questions and they really don't work. And our risk tolerance that we've used uh, for the last 20 so years it takes a little bit longer to kind of complete and really go through and take the time But it's really helped in times like this when we have the fluctuation when you have the bear markets to know what you're comfortable with sleeping mm-hmm. at night so uh, So really know what the allocation is uh, the bucket strategy again go to the website and look at the bucket strategy and You know have enough cash and then have enough bonds our bucket strategy provides ten years of worth of safe type of investment. So the, the equities, our clients aren't caught up with the day to day ups and downs of the news that you hear. And it's really helped the retirees and the pre-retirees go through this type of event. And finally rebalance when you're, if you have a strategy and you have it in place and things change, don't just do nothing. You want to try to buy low and sell high. So mm-hmm. so as your portfolio changes because of what's going on, you need to rebalance. We have a whole program in there on how to rebalance, but you need to look at your allocation and, and constantly rebalance. So asset allocation, uh, another one of these steps that you, you you constantly need to look at what the right allocation is. I got an f- uh, email this morning from uh, a physician who's about to retire and 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 letting me know what allocation he has in bonds in his retirement accounts is it time to change should we rebalance now so that's great i love hearing that because now they're thinking the way they should Mm -hmm. be thinking so everyone out there think about that
0: yeah and that's something that everybody needs to think about the problem that i have larry or the thing that bothers me the most in this scenario this this tip that you're giving is that I don't think you would be because you have, you know, you're professionally been doing this for a number of years, but I think the audience would be surprised at how many people are working with an advisor right now and have never heard of rebalancing, right? (laughs) They just, their advisor has put them into something. This is my plan. I'm going to retire in this number of years. And they've never really even had that conversation because the advisor just doesn't do it or doesn't do it correctly or doesn't want to bring it up because it's extra work. And your team does that extra work for a very specific purpose, which is to set your clients up for success. But how many of you listening right now have worked with an advisor for more than one year and have never been approached or talked to about, you know, we need to take a look at rebalancing. If that's the case, listen to the end of the podcast, get the number, call Larry and his team because that's – you're not being serviced the way you should be. That's just my opinion. That's only my well, you know, opinion. You,
1: no, you make a great point because we get clients that come from other advisors and we start talking about asset allocation. They're like, what is that? I mean, yeah. they, they're they just looking at the the current hot investment or how to make more money in the short term and try to guess what to get in the market, mm-hmm. out of the market. And it just doesn't work over long periods of time. So yeah. so that's, you make a great point there, Eric.
0: All right, what's the next step, Larry?
1: So let's jump into the next step, which is kind of a subset about asset allocation, and I'm not gonna go into this really in detail, but even within the stock market, you need to be diversified and allocated. And this is a little bit of a challenge to a lot of people because, Over the last 10 years, there have been certain asset classes that have significantly outperformed other asset classes. Uh, For example, the U.S. market versus the international market, especially the U.S. large, versus small, the S&P 500, again, I'm going to do a, a video and a podcast just on this phenomenon because you don't want to just look at, believe it or not, 10 years. You want to look at data for longer than that, 15, 20 years, and you'll see how some of these classes change, and you don't just want to eliminate all these classes. Uh, value versus growth is a great example. You know, there are definitely times history where value has outperformed, but the last 10 years, the last even five years, growth, his outperformed. We all know about the Amazons and the mm-hmm. Facebooks of the world. Is that going to continue forever? Well, the last month we've seen value start to outperform a little bit now. So you want to have a, a, an allocation and a game plan and a diversification to all these strategies just so you're not left with the one asset allocation that underperforms going forward. So equity allocation again is number five in my seven steps. So keep an eye out on that.
0: Absolutely. All right, what's next?
1: The next is tax planning. Oh boy. Um <laughs> the, <so fun> one. <laughs> the 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 fun one. And one of the things that we are very cognizant and we do a lot about that a lot about that, but it it makes significant differences over your lifetime if you can save money on taxes because it's not the money you earn, it's the money you money you keep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the first thing is which accounts to withdraw down from. Do you withdraw it down from your taxable account? Do you withdraw it down from your IRA account? Do you draw, draw it down from a Roth account? So determining when you draw it down gives you a lot of tax planning opportunities that you may or may not realize. When to take your Social Security. Yes, there's there's that's a whole other topic is when you can take it, but also the tax benefits that you can, that you can do. If you delay that and you're retired and you're on a low bracket, there are certain things you can do, maybe like a Roth conversion or in this environment, unfortunately, if you're out of work, it may be a great year to do a Roth conversion. So uh, some of those things we're looking at that we never looked at for people before. Again, one of the things where they change the Distribution to inherited IRAs, making the Roth conversions even more of an advantage. Tax loss harvesting, when the market was down, was your advisor? What's called booking losses and taking tax loss harvesting and still protecting you in case the market went up Qualified dividends versus non-qualified dividends, and the certain tax brackets you're in plus the capital gain rate Based upon how much you earn you can possibly be in a lower cap gain rate So if you have a position a stock position That has a lot of inherited gains from a long term and you're this year you're making very little money Maybe you can sell some of that position Mm-hmm. at believe it or not Eric even at a 0% gain so mm-hmm. these are all things that your advisor should be looking at and coming up with decisions on that and if you're doing it on the your own you should know about all these rules because they can save you thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars yep. tax planning critical number six of my seven financial steps that you should be looking at
0: yeah, and I don't think there's anybody listening that wouldn't like to save thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars right now, especially. So that's great. Absolutely. All right, and we're to number 7.
1: We're into number 7. Now number 7 is kind of seems uh, obvious, but it's not obvious is literally have a retirement plan, have an investment strategy plan. I mean, there are studies out there that just says if you have a plan, your success rate goes up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a it's a phenomenon but it does it does make sense rather than just shooting from the hip. So you want to have a financial plan. you want to have an investment strategy. Of course you want to change it as things change going along but just to have a plan in place will help you not only succeed better, but it helps you avoid doing these, knee-jerk reactions when you hear something that's going on and you don't just say, you know, this feels right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden you uh, weeks later or a year later, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I, made a, I made a bad decision because I didn't have a plan in place. Look at my first six steps, put that in place, and then you'll have a retirement plan.
0: Yeah. And, and I would go one step further, Larry, and of course it would be self-serving if you said this, but from my opinion, and this is just Based on my own behaviors, Larry, and we've talked about behavioral finance on the podcast before, but not only have a plan, but have somebody that walks along beside you with this plan because they help to take the emotion out of it, right? The The, the biggest problem, I think, out there is that people, when they do their own accounts and they have their own plan, is that they still can succumb to some fear or excitement about certain things, uh, and I think we've all made impulse decisions in shopping and in different decisions or different situations in our life when we look back go oh man that wasn't a good decision I think you and I've talked about it before my wife and I went in with a certain budget but ended up with a minivan that cost 280 dollars more a month than we were planning for because it had all the bells and whistles and we didn't stop to take the emotion out of the situation we just thought oh this is amazing and this would be great well it blew our budget out of the water it was a really stupid decision and we leased it which we won't Mm. we can talk about that on another podcast but I think having somebody in your corner um is important because they can help to remove the emotion from what happens in the market like it has in the last 60 to 90 days
1: you know you Um, make a great point because behavioral finance says people sell when they should be buying and buy when they should be selling and you want to do just the opposite and the behavioral finance kind of gets in the way of that
0: yeah absolutely all right. This is a great podcast. I, we, we did promise the folks listening that you would give some contact information so they can uh, give you a call or even email
1: you and ask you some questions. Can you give that to us now? Absolutely. So you can find out more about our firm, Hello Wealth Management, or check out some of my other podcasts by going to hellowealthmanagement.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call and talk to me or one of my financial planners, feel free to reach out at 631-293-2806, where we'll show you how to retire right, even in this tough environment.
0: Absolutely. Larry, thank you so much for your time today. It was good to talk to you. I'm glad you're safe, glad the family's good, and that you're uh, you're still working from home, just like me. I mean, that's the day and age we live in right now, and, and uh, we'll get through this all together.
1: Yes, we will. We all will. Thanks, Eric.
0: You bet. And I want to thank you for listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.